Greetings and salutations, everyone. It's time for another edition of the Hard Rock Block, Hard Rock Lunchbox. I think I'd get that right after nine years. Of course, the top 20 is what we're doing here right now. I'm sorry I'm late. I really just physically could not seem to move any faster than I was doing it. I, uh... <laughs> I want to blame everything that's going on in the world and in my world and in my life on the fact that I'm just human, but like, honestly, a lot of the humans get get out of their way a lot quicker than I do. I'm just... Your show's fearless leader is not doing as good as he could or should currently. Thank you for that. I am working on it, though realize that my camera is sideways for some reason and it is auto-corrected so that's some good news right yay god i don't even know i feel i feel awful man i feel just completely like bodily exhausted like i i don't know like i know like mental illness and anxiety is like super common these days it's like the uh, the Taylor Tomlinson joke, like, you know, your mental illness was like your middle name. Like, I knew you had one. I just didn't know what it was. Like, that's literally how you need to approach pretty much everybody and anybody these days. Just because there's there's so much uh, there's so much going on with it. I was actually watching something last night. Um, they were talking about. Uh, it was from Big Think, and it was. Uh, talking about like the biggest threats in 2023, and what actually made the list like at number nine is this the TikTok boom, and it wasn't like the expansion of TikTok, but it's the kind of um, the TikTok generation is starting to become part of uh, kind of the conversation, like for realsies, like they're actually you know able to influence things and change things in their world. And literally when I was watching that, I was like, well, that's great. You know, like it's an age group that's finally coming of age and they can just stop complaining while living in their mom's basement. But the, the other half of me was like, these are the most unprepared people for like social anything because they're just all, you know, any, anybody, anybody that spends enough time on TikTok is definitely developing a tick or two. Like the fact that it's called TikTok should really have been a good kind of warning about was coming because it is so dangerous to the central nervous system and to the developing mind. Like, I just, I can't even imagine, like, like, I understand people from, like, my generation, not like, you know, like, well, back when I fought the Kaiser in World War One. like, it's not that. Just the people in my generation are the ones that have crossed over from basically no internet to only internet and and it has changed the way people kind of exist and our society has changed we've gone from the cradling of what was basically the greatest generation into arguably one of the worst generations that we have so far and you know like i say week in week out around here like i have a lot of trouble kind of resolving and realigning myself to what's going on in the world because i have to reimagine the world the way that it is now and not the way that it was when I was growing up. Not that it was great, but like, you know, there were certain things you could count on. Like, we didn't have a whole lot of flat earthers back when I was growing up, you know what I mean? We've got a lot of them now, and I'm using the term flat earther to describe basically everybody that's in that camp, whether they believe in a flat earth or not. It's just... 
it's a lot, which is why a lot and a lot of people in my existence, uh, in my in my generation, are also dealing with kind of the failing, the first real failing of the social contract, right? Like the generation and two generations above me are the ones that are still. They're having their social security. Their, you know, Medicare is covered for. Their Medicaid is covered, and like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't cover everything, but at least it's there. It's not Sweden, but like, they're not living in boxes on the streets if they don't want to. Like, we have that, but there's a very real possibility that you know, in the next forty years, like, that might not cover like my ability. And like, if you don't think I lose sleep over that, like, you really have no idea what the future kind of looks like because I worry all the time that like. The decisions and choices that not only have I made, but the people around me have made, and by around me, I mean like people in the government are going to land my ass like in not such a very good place. I mean, yeah, I love my kids, and I would treat them well anyway, but I'm definitely considering treating them just a little bit better in case I need to live in their attic or basement by the time I turn ninety. My daughter and I joke often about that.、Uh, Series of commercials. I don't know if they're still on, but it was about. It was called a place for mom, and it was basically like you know a, a place, a nice place that your mom can like live out her golden years and stuff. And my argument was like, where the fuck is the place for dad? Because <laughs> like nobody's talking about a place for dad. And then I think casually like we were like taking out the garbage one day, and I don't know if she said it or I said it, but like I think it was her, and she was like holding. Garbage can. She's like, "Oh, look, it's a place for dad."、And、I was like, "Oh, great!、Hey. Can't, can't wait." So anyway,、uh, yeah, TikTok boom. Those guys are coming up. It's gonna be good. Can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Can't wait for this whole generation of people that like don't want to work and would rather just be an influencer. And somehow. They're gonna take care of me. I don't know if there's any fans of the Bre- Breakfast Club out there, but there's a line in it when they're、uh, when Carl, the janitor, is in the basement with、uh, Principal Dick, Rich. Excuse me, may I call you Dick? <laughs> and they they've just gone through the files, and he's like, and、uh, you know, what's his face? He's like, you know, the the thought that wakes me up in the middle of the night is that. One of these days, these kids—and he's talking about the Breakfast Club, basically like the John Benders. He's like, one of these days, I'm gonna wake up, and these kids—they're the ones that are gonna be taking care of me.、And、Carl looks right at him. He's like, I wouldn't count on it, man. <laughs> That's literally how I how I spend a lot of my existence. It's fun, kind of talking about this, actually, and just watching because I get a monitor with the camera. It's like it's fun to kind of watch like my ticks and stuff as I feel like my chest basically compressing. Into a nice,、uh, not full-blown panic attack, but you know, a little precursor, a little pre-shock. I don't know what the rest of the day is going to hold, but it's not—it's not looking good. So I'm going to try and calm my ass down with a few pharmaceuticals, legal, of course. Although I guess you know, legally, they're going to be opening a bunch of、uh, recreational weed shops here on Long Island. They opened the second one in New York City, I think, just the other day. Uh, they did a soft opening, so they're going to close in three months to like do some rebuilding. And I was like, "That's weird," but okay. Like that's the way. Typical pothead, am I right? <laughs> This is open for three months. Man, we'll just take April off. Like,、uh, let's get to some、uh, whatever this is. Lighthouse keeping. So,、um, oh yeah, thanks for asking.、Uh, my head cold is almost gone, but my God, what a doozy! So I've been sick. Uh, I think since Wednesday night, 
and it is now Thursday morning, and by Wednesday night, I mean last Wednesday night, I had one hell of a head cold. It was actually funny. Uh, we were just kind of laughing about the fact, like, yeah, cold still exists. Like, you know, I took a COVID test, and it was negative for that. Didn't have the symptoms of a flu, but it's like, immediately you get sick these days. It's like, Jesus Christ, which pandemic do I have? Like, you know, you got to worry about that kind of stuff, but it was just honestly just good old-fashioned head cold and it settled back into my sinuses by tuesday uh, a couple days ago and i actually had to like do like telemedicine because i don't like antibiotics i don't want to take them it really messes you know it's bad for everybody honestly so only take them if you really need them but uh i was about to take them and the doctor it was like why don't you just start with like some tylenol sinus just to like break it up so i've been on that for the past couple days which is quite possibly a very possible reason why i'm you know, feeling all anxious and stuff. I just, I, I'm fine with basic medicines and stuff like that. I find my biggest problems tend to be in the additives and the packings and the fillers of stuff. Like, you would not believe the stuff that they put in, like, some of those capsules. Like, it's just unbelievable, like, how bad they are for you. And they're not regulated because they're not medicine. But, like, you can basically fill it with, like, you know, what's the thing where they had, like, beaver anus is a flavor? Like, that kind of stuff. Like... I don't know if you're into that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not. Like, it's not really my thing. But anyway, so yeah. So last week, uh, the new episode of the Top 20 is out on YouTube on StrangerHood TV. Uh, you can see about how uh, I rate the head cold I had at zero stars and uh, would not recommend. Uh, but also talk about uh, George Santos, who continues to not disappoint. Like, thank you, Nassau County Republicans, for giving us all such a gift like that. It's just absolutely fantastic what a douche what a douche and what better way to represent Nassau County Republicans than with an actual douche um, so that's it Don Bacon is my podcast they have uh, seven questions and a full interview with uh, with Amy from Adam Splitter that's a PR company and discussion and drinks that's their uh, bonus I guess it's not a bonus anymore if it's an official second episode a week uh, and they're talking about the direction of DC movies under James Gunn. I will say the thing about PR companies, I follow a few of them on Instagram. And what I've really noticed is all I really see from them, and I, I'm not saying all of them because I don't follow all of them. I also don't care so much about what's going on on Instagram unless you're a hippopotamus. Uh, then I care greatly. Uh, I follow pandas. I follow Snoopy. Snoopy's my guy. Uh, you know, I follow you know stuff that means a lot more to me uh, than that. But like, I just happen to notice that all PR Instagrams tend to be look at us, meet the staff, or new uh, new clients. And then I just don't ever really see anything else about like you know because we're gonna probably start up a PR campaign this year as we start to roll out the Rebel Nine releases. And I consider it a PR campaign just for this stupid show because I honestly, I need help. I've been saying it for years. I can keep saying it and get absolutely nowhere. But like, I don't want to keep, like, I don't mind adding like one listener every like six months. Like, I'll get there eventually. But like, it might come in as a shock to some of you, but I am probably not going to live another million years to get to those million views. But like, so I was considering some real PR help and stuff like that. And I just, I can't find one that doesn't seem to do only PR about themselves. Like, I could do that. Like, you know, lunchbox PR. Like, cool. Here's our new client. 
and meet the staff and here's our next new client and questions for the staff like that just doesn't seem like something i really want to do but anyway it's just something i've noticed but anyway so uh i will actually check that out and see if they ask amy anything about that um and then uh blah 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 blah. also in rebel nine news uh rebel nine is confirmed for march 3rd at 89 north we're going to be playing uh direct support for um for the ep release Well, uh, I do have tickets. You can Venmo me if you want. If you want to just do it directly, you can just Venmo me. It's at G Davy. Uh, that's my Venmo account. Uh, we're there are twenty dollars tickets. I am doing them for fifteen. Uh, I'm only doing them for fifteen dollars for a limited time only. And that's uh, like I said, March third, eighty nine North. Or you can go to Rebel9.com, I think slash shows or slash tickets or whatever, and get your tickets there if you want to do them that way. I think they might be a little bit more there. Not entirely sure. Eventually, they're all going to go to twenty bucks because that's what it's going to cost us. So uh, feel free to hit us up for tickets. Uh, if you have any questions, just ask, and that'll be that'll be fun. Uh, sh- I'm sorry. Share the burden, and their EP is Awaken, and that is the EP release. Um, and that's March third, eighty nine North. Uh, probably, I was going to say probably our only trip into Patchogue this year, um, but maybe not. Maybe we'll do one later in the year. It, it all sort of depends on like how how like Kevin is feeling towards uh, original bands. It seems to ebb and flow, but you know we'll take it because it's a good show and we like to play it and it's easy for fans of ours to live out east to kind of get there. And it's a nice bar. Like I really do like 89 North. It's I, I wish they were just a little bit warmer towards original bands, but it's a work in progress. And uh, I'm definitely not leading the charge this time out because I'm just too tired and I've got too much other stuff to do, but I don't want to bring everybody else down. Uh, what I actually wanted to talk about today, I watched this uh, clip on YouTube this morning that I thought was super interesting, so I decided to print some of it out. Um, I don't think I'm going to read the whole thing because it's four pages, but this is I found a very nice um, kind of synopsis of uh, this essay uh, by Carlo M. Cipolla. I'm going to go with that. Cipolla? I'm going to say Cipolla. I think it's Cipolla. And he wrote an essay. Um, he kind of he kind of wrote an essay on stupidity. And it was kind of like, not a joke, but it was like something he just shared amongst his friends. But I have to tell you, it was so compelling watching this uh, sort of explanation of it. And I had never heard of him or this essay before. And as soon as he started talking about some of these things, I was like, I know a lot of people that would probably understand and appreciate this exploration of it. And they all happen to be listening to me in a couple of hours. So I thought I would just grab it. Uh, We can read through some of it. Uh, If you have anything to do in the uh, chat, uh, anything to say, like I'll keep trying to check the chat and we'll just get to that at some point. uh, What was I saying? All right. Anyway, so... This, uh, this synopsis was written by Lindsay Klein, and um, it's the science of uh, human stupidity broken down into five universal laws, right? Uh, so many years ago, a brilliant professor took a look at the world around him and startedly, startedly realized that he was surrounded by idiots. Now, I'm just going to let that lie, <laughs> but just take a look around wherever you are. See if this... See, <laughs> See how this fits into your life, okay? 
Uh, in fact, there were so many idiots, he believed, that their stupidity would inevitably become the ultimate threat to mankind's existence. Now, I feel like I have been saying this for like five or six years, maybe even longer, and that's why it really just kind of resonated with me real quick. Uh, Carlo M. Uh, Cipolla was a professor at the University of California, Berkeley, when he became fascinated with the phenomenon phenomenon of human stupidity. He studied the fundamental traits that these simpletons share and published an essay on the subject in which he broke the elements of our ineptitude down to a science. Cipolla believed that human stupidity followed five fundamental laws, and understanding these laws would be necessary, he insisted. If the non-stupid were going to avoid being destroyed by their half-baked brethren. So there's five laws, right? The first one is... um, this is, this is the one that really reeled me in. Law number one. Always and inevitably, everyone underestimates the number of stupid individuals in circulation. That deserves that. <laughs> in a nutshell, we're surrounded by more morons than we can ever truly comprehend, Sybil asserts. Essentially, if we were ever to guess how many halfwits are among us, we would endlessly underestimate their numbers. More idiots can always be found to, quote, appear suddenly and unexpectedly in the most inconvenient places at the most improbable moments. I'm going to read that again. More idiots can always be found to, quote... (laughs) appear suddenly and unexpectedly in the most inconvenient places and at the most improbable moments, end quote. (laughs) Law number two. The probability that a certain person be stupid is independent of any other characteristics of that person. Now, that's important, right? Contrary to popular belief, cultural indicators like a person's job, their education level, or their income are not indicative of intelligence. Morons can materialize in every corner of society. They are imbeciles. There are imbeciles with master's degrees. There are dumb-as-bricks billionaires. Cipolla examined blue-collar workers and white-collar workers. And on every rung of the social ladder, there was a persistent proportion of simpletons, right? So it makes no difference whether they're black, white, male, female, Asian, or South American. Stupidity don't discriminate. That's important. Just because somebody has a good job does not mean they're not stupid. Just because somebody has money does not mean that they're not stupid, right? How many lottery winners do you know, like, all of a sudden have money? How many people are nepotized into other jobs that, like, they really shouldn't have, right? Now, law number three. A stupid person, I like this one. This is important. Listen up, people. I'm giving a class here. Right. Exactly. A wild simpleton appears. It's like Pokemon. (laughs) Law number three. A stupid person is a person who causes losses to another person or to a group of persons while himself deriving no gain and even possibly incurring losses. Right. Now, this is important and does not go into this particular... I don't think it addresses here... No, it doesn't. So there's basically four uh, archetypes for this essay, right? Like, there's the helpless person. That's the person that always tries to do good, but bad stuff just constantly happens. So they, they try, they do no harm to others, but they also gain nothing for themselves, right? Then you have the intelligent who are who do good for others and actually can gain for society, right? They do, they do good for society and they do good, you know, for themselves and stuff. And then you have the, what's called the bandit. Now, bandit only does good for themselves at the um, 
at the uh, cost, uh, at the expense of society, right? Like, that makes sense. Even the term bandit, right? Like, just makes sense. So basically, having somebody, like, uh, I think the picture was, like, um, I think the, the picture that was drawn, like, so the helpless is there's a rock falling down, right? And the helpless person will push an innocent person out of the way but get hit in the head with the rock, right? Doing good for society, but not necessarily for themselves. The intelligent person pushes the person out of the way of the rock and also gets out of the way of the falling rock, right? The bandit picks up the innocent person and holds them over their head so the innocent person gets hurt while the bandit is fine, right? And then the idiot, the fourth one, the fourth one actually holds on to the person that, you know, hug, go, goes lower, hugs the person that is about to get hit by the rock and lets them get hit by the rock. And so there's no gain to him and it costs society something, right? So that's an important important part. I'll read that again. So, because I thought it was important. A stupid person is a person who causes losses to another person or to a group of persons while himself deriving no gain and even possibly incurring losses, right? People that litter, people, you know, people that dump whatever, garbage uh, into the streets. Perfect example, right? It, it actually is, it's bad for society. It saves them the trip of going to the, the dump, but it also probably makes their area that they live in worse and dirtier and stuff like that. So it's not, it's not great. So the principle, the professor claims, is the golden law of stupidity. An idiot will cause problems for the people around him without even benefiting himself in the slightest. The de- this definition makes the most sense in reference to simple as four basic categories of human beings. That's what I just read. The actions of the intelligent are both himself and others. The bandits benefit himself at the expense of others. The helpless person will enrich others at his own expense. Uh, and the four categories of society can be illustrated in the graph below. I did not. I don't. I, I'm not going to read you the graph because that's ridiculous. As you can see, stupid people occupy the lonesome left corner, blah, 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 blah. Maybe I'll post this if I get a chance during the show. Law number four, non-stupid people. Non-stupid people always underestimate the damaging power of stupid individuals. In particular, non-stupid people constantly forget that at all times and places and under any circumstances to deal and, and or associate with stupid people always turns out to be a costly mistake, right? So in particular, non-stupid people constantly forget that at all times and places and under any circumstances to deal and or associate with stupid people always turns out to be a costly mistake. Everybody in my listening audience should understand what that means. Everybody. If I have to explain it to you, that means maybe you're the stupid person. Sorry. (laughs) Simply put, never underestimate the dangers of associating with a dumbass. This lesson wraps up perfectly with the fifth and final law, law number five. Five. A stupid person is the most dangerous type of person. It seems reasonable that among the four categories of humans, the bandit would be the most threatening. But as the corollary of law five proclaims, a stupid person is more dangerous than a bandit because nitwits create only losses in their interactions. Society as a whole is impoverished by the stupid. Society as a whole is impoverished by the stupid. You ever watch stuff that's going on politically? You ever see somebody make some stupid claims and see what the damage that it's causing? Anybody see that recently? In the past couple years? 
In this way, the population of pinheads can easily endanger an entire society. The difference between communities that are crushed under the weight of their own of their dim-witted citizens and those who overcome them are the efforts of the non-stupid. A society only stands a chance if it can counterbalance the stupid's losses with the intelligence gains. It seems you can't keep stupid people off the roads, out of government, or away from customer service jobs. But if you keep these five universal laws in mind as a tool to transcend the the idiocy, there's hope for humanity. I will find the um, recap of this, and I'll post it in the chat if you're so interested. I found it to be absolutely fascinating. I love when, like, laws of sociology and humanity just sort of against everything I've been thinking and seeing. And if it makes some sense, like, in the gut here, like, it's worth exploring. And it explains a lot. Like, society and sociology and social psychology are not, like, just whiffs of science. Like, they really do study the human animal and how they behave in and amongst themselves and in small groups and in large groups. And there's a lot to be said for understanding the role of the of the archetypes around us in this particular case especially especially the stupid because i can promise you the stupid and the non-intelligent around us make my job and my life harder every single week i don't know how it affects you in your life but i would like you to start maybe acknowledging or noticing what it is around you and what those people are doing these are very smart people that have studied this behavior in lots and lots of people, and they aren't wrong. It's not like they're finding a black hole with the James Webb telescope. They're literally looking around and discussing behavior. Now, it may or may not be caused by different things, but you can absolutely check the impact of stupid people around you. Just open the newspaper. You'll see it all the time. It's really, really bad. Anyway, I feel like I've taken up enough of your time talking about stupid people, which is really kind of one of the problems in this world today. But I'm going to just like carry on and get on with these panic attacks of mine. So uh, here's a soundtrack for that, and I'll uh, see you in a few minutes.